This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Broadcast Church Planting Podcast. Today we're going back in our archive to late 2013 where we had the special privilege of being joined for a hangout with Terry Virgo, the founder of New Frontiers. In this hangout, Terry talks about the importance of laying a foundation of prayer for our church plants. You can find this full hangout with all the notes and the Q&A that followed it at www. Dot the broadcast network dot org slash episode five. So here's the hangout with Terry. Fine, thank you so much. Good, good to see everybody. Good evening. Hello. I think last time we kind of introduced ourselves around the various rooms, but I guess we get into it now. You probably got used to having your program. So I'll get into it. I understand we're talking about laying a foundation of prayer in the local church. So let's just pray straight away. Father, we ask for your help that as we communicate together, we may find you giving us insight, wisdom together, and we might really benefit from this time. Thank you, Father. Amen. Well, I guess truly uh, the leader himself must have his own confidence in prayer do you want to stop there? I see Owen's yes. joining us. Hello. Hello. Cardiff have just joined us. Better like Cardiff here. You all all right? Yeah. Good. Oh, Terry. Yes. Hello. We are all here. So Terry was just beginning uh, and talking about laying a foundation of prayer. So if you guys want to mute your microphones and, um, and then Terry will go. Go for it, Terry. Okay. Well, I guess there's always going to be a leader, and it's very important that the leader himself should be very confident in prayer as a huge priority. I know for myself, I was very, very stirred in uh, reading a number of biographies about prayer, and I found that some of the men that God had used greatly and women who God had used greatly over the years had really learned to lay hold of God. And uh, I was very impressed by a man called J.O. Fraser, who planted churches in China with the China Inland Mission, saw an amazing move of God. And uh, his testimony was so great that they took a number of his letters and put together a book called Fraser and Prayer. And the thing that fascinated me about him was that it wasn't just principle, uh, although he worked out some pretty big principles, but it was also in practice and that, He laid hold of God. He was very much in the scriptures. He was often alone, actually, where he learned some of these lessons. And in the end, saw thousands uh, coming to Christ. So for me, that was uh, something I really wanted to learn from. So I think the leader in leading people into prayer must himself uh, be confident. I think that comes uh, also from an awareness of acceptance with God. Uh, We're not praying in order to become acceptable. We, We pray out of a real sense of God's grace to us, our thorough acceptance with him, 
Uh, he delights in us. And so I think in our own personal praying and in our corporate praying, that whenever we come to God, it's great to spend time really celebrating the fact that he wants us to come, that he's for us. And so whether alone or whether I'm leading a group in prayer or a church in prayer, it's always been my priority to start with a time of celebrating the love of God, celebrating the sufficiency of God. Um, I'm very conscious of stories like Joshua. When he's looking at Jericho, it looks so daunting. Uh, the walls are up to heaven. Uh, Moses is gone. Uh, the river Jordan is closed behind them. Uh, the manna stopped yesterday. You think, you know, what are we going to do? Uh, and then he gets a fresh, uh, gets a fresh vision of God. And uh, when he sees the Lord, uh, somehow the walls of Jericho shrink in their size and how formidable they are. And I found that over the years. I've tried to teach groups in prayer. It's when you see how great he is and how for us he is and how his sword is drawn, how he's ready to work with us. It changes our attitudes. And prayer isn't just clocking up hours. It's not just uh, get people to say prayers out loud. It's coming into the confidence that God is for us, that God is with us, that his power is available and he doesn't need uh, us to persuade him in that sense. But I think it's so important to really kind of engage with God. And so in prayer meetings, I've always wanted to uh, worship, to celebrate, and actually to engage with the Holy Spirit's presence, feel his nearness, feel uh, the, the confidence of God, and that the group together, we begin to feel God is here with us. God is amongst us. We're experiencing his commitment to us. And to be honest, some people, of course, in the early days of a church, we're very small. And sometimes people say, oh, well, he did say when two or three are gathered, he's there, kind of prayed in that kind of, oh, well, we are two or three. But for myself, I love two or three in prayer because you can you can get tremendous unity of purpose. You can really pray together. Uh, when I was at Bible College, Arnold Bell shared a room with me, and we started praying on um, Sunday afternoons. And by the time I left college, there were probably about 30 people who used to pray with us every Sunday afternoon. It grew from two, three, five, ten, and on. People began to enjoy being in the presence of God and asking for God to break out in the college, which we saw happen. And I think it's it's meeting God for himself. It's not just coming with our list. And so I, I personally wouldn't lead a prayer meeting with a very overt, here are the things we're going to pray for, here's the list. Um, there will be things we want to pray for, there will be things we want to see through. But it's I think it's meeting God first is... Uh, hugely impossible, uh, hugely possible. It's important for us to see how great he is, how much he's for us. Then I think we need to get a hold of specific promises that inspire confidence. So if we know God's led us, we know we're planting a church because that's God's will. He wants He wants churches planted. He said, go into all the world, uh, preach the gospel. And we know in the early church, they instinctively went and planted churches. And so we know it's God's will. Uh, we may have other promises that say, yeah, and this town, this is where you sent us. I think we need to get hold of 
God's word for myself. I found John 15, 16 so helpful. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and bring forth fruit. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, I'll give it. To me, that, that, that brings it right back. Lord, you chose me. I'm very conscious of my weakness. I'm conscious of the battle. I'm conscious that, but Lord, you initiated this. And I find that stimulates my faith. It rolls the whole thing back onto God. And I find that really, really helpful. I find the verse in James 5, when it says the earnest, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man has great power in its working. I, I tend to quote the Amplified. I remember years ago, I, I so loved uh, discovering the Amplified translation of that verse. and It just kind of gives it a punch. And, and I, I find it stirs my faith when I quote that verse when I'm praying. I try to encourage people in prayer to live in the Scripture. It's that mingling with truth. It's mingling with promises that faith starts growing. And uh, as I'm praying, I'm believing, Lord, you promised that what I'm doing makes power available. What I'm doing, I'm not just going through the motions. I'm not just hoping you might hear me. You've promised this produces power. And I'm persuaded of that. And it's important as uh, leaders that we communicate that confidence that what we're doing here, we're not just filling in the prayer night. We are laying hold of God confidently. We, we sense he's being with us. And it's important to give a good lead with that. I think it's important for leaders to be unashamedly leading. It's one of the greatest privileges, I think, of someone called to lead, to lead people into prayer, uh, to lead them into a greater experience of God together. And we're going to talk about uh, strategies. We're going to talk about how we're going to reach out. There will be all sorts of things we talk about, all sorts of plans we make, uh, things that really are just human, if you like, things we work out together. It's in prayer that we collectively really line up with God and we're saying, God, you are with us in this. And I would, I would just urge us that, uh, we don't marginalize prayer. We don't say, well, life's too busy now. We can't, we can't uh, handle prayer as well. We've got a small group. We've got leaders. We've got this and that. And a number of churches, even with small groups, have said, well, we won't have any prayer time. I, I would encourage churches to have corporate prayer times. I think it's good also to be, uh, personally, I like it to be focused. So we're going for things that we're believing God for. Now, that may be on a regular basis. That may be while well, we're coming up to uh, the weekend. Uh, we've started an alpha course. Uh, we have a program before us so that our praying is focused on targets. We're, we are looking, I think, for two things, really, uh, short-term targets this weekend, this Sunday, uh, this alpha course. Uh, we may be also looking for something like a building, or a financial breakthrough. And some of those things can be more drawn out. They can take time uh, to see those things through. And so we've got to have those short-term goals that build in encouragement. And it's good to give testimony to encouragement. It's good to uh, share stories of what God's done. Uh, I think that always stimulates faith. 
when we can tell what God has done. And so we've got to help the people and help ourselves uh, by having genuine faith objectives. Uh, and I think that means it's not bravado. Uh, it's not like so someone might pray in the premise, we pray for something just massive, just out of reach. Uh, it kind of kills faith. We need, we need something that is, it requires faith, not just something that keeps you so comfortable, hey, that's going to happen inevitably anyway. Faith will, will stretch you. So faith draws God into the situation. Faith is saying, Lord, we're, we're trusting you for this. You've got to do this. Uh, but bravado will overstretch your muscle so that real faith doesn't happen. Real faith is lost. We need to help people to say, right, this we can believe for. That would, that would be true, say, for finance, that we might say, right, what are we going for? We, we, we're trusting God for whatever it might be in terms of another salary or a building or some financial project. And it's, and it's good to, to, to dream before God. It's good for leaders to get together before God and feel, Lord, I, I really believe you'd have us reach for this. And sometimes God whispers into your heart something that's fairly challenging. Uh, but it's good to have a goal that people can be reaching for. I think, I mean, we, over the years, the Bible weeks, and then more specifically, I guess, in the churches, uh, for us in Brighton and elsewhere I've been, and we, we've had goals. We, we, you know, we first started, it was like 20,000. It was a big deal for us, very big, going back 30 years in a small congregation. But in the end, we were reaching for 150,000 three times a year. And, uh, you know, that would be, that would, we would do that with a run-up of prayer. We would come before God together. We're going to believe God for 150,000 three times a year. We're going to believe him for this. And I remember the first time we jumped out of our uh, kind of 20,000 figure, and we were reaching for 150,000 in the prayer meeting. We used to have our prayer meetings on Saturday mornings. And I remember when our faith was in the room, and I want to come on to that a bit more in a moment. I think the prayer meeting is an exciting place. It's a, it's a place of dynamic spiritual growth. It's a place where you, you fellowship with God and uh, supernatural things can be happening among a people who are together in purpose. The Holy Spirit is present. And, and I remember once we were praying for 150,000, I felt, I felt God whispered in my heart, you've got that already. I want you to reach for 200,000. I, I was, this was sort of halfway through the prayer meeting. I said, I, I believe we've got, I believe we've got that. And I'm, I'm saying that to the prayer meeting. I haven't got anything yet. Uh, I'm talking about we've got faith here together for that now. Now, that didn't happen overnight. That was with a, a, a church, a prayer meeting, uh, a group that had been together for quite a while. And we'd learned how to hear God together. We'd learned how to pray together. We learn how to wait for one another. And I think, I think people need to be taught how to pray and how to listen, how to listen for one another, how to pick up the prophetic. I think leaders have to discern, um, is faith arising in the room? Can we feel it? I mean, I've sometimes stopped the prayer meeting and saying, do you feel we've got it yet? Do you think we're there yet? And, and I'm looking for what happens. And you, sometimes you don't feel there's a confident amen yet. So come on, let's just pray on some more. Because I believe that as a people 
get more conscious of the presence of the Spirit, more aware of one another in His presence, we can corporately arrive at a place of faith. And, uh, I mean, we saw that together, I guess, at Brighton over 30 years of, of, of offerings, to be honest, probably like three times a year. <laughs> I guess I've never thought about that before, but I guess something like uh, 90 or whatever it was, prayer meetings for big money over the years and raising millions ultimately. Didn't know we were going to come to millions, but uh, that's where it came to eventually. And learning to ask together, learning to believe together, learning to obtain together uh, through prayer. I think it's important when we're first starting to encourage people to stay with the subject when we pray. So I know when I first started as a Christian going to a church prayer meeting, um, what would happen would be one person would pray a prayer that took you all around the world, and then there'd be a pause, and then someone else would take pray a prayer that would take you all around the world, um, or off on a tangent. And I, I read a book many years ago called Conversational Prayer by uh, an American woman called Rosalind Rinker, and it was just practical and helpful. And it said... Uh, by way of this sort of conversation, that when you're in a conversation, you tend to talk about a theme, a subject, and then and then gradually that subject kind of exhausts itself, and maybe there's a hook into another subject. You move on to that, and the group discusses that. It's quite a natural thing. But in prayer, sometimes people uh, go off on tangents, uh, and they might say, well, he prayed the prayer I was going to pray, so I prayed something different. Um, he, you know, she prayed my prayer. And uh, I said, no, come on, we're in, a, we're in a conversation with God and with one another in a sense. So if the theme at the moment is this, this, this prayer time now is going to be this week's alpha, okay, let's stick with this. Let now, so don't go off. This is what we're praying about now. And uh, so in conversation, you tend not to say, uh, did you see that Arsenal goal on Saturday? And then someone says, well, I, I like fish and chips. And then someone else said, I, you know, I saw a wonderful sunset. It doesn't happen like that. Um, you know, you stay with a theme and with prayer, stay with it. And then I think we learned uh, from the Koreans, maybe. I know that was how it was for me when Malcolm Kays actually first went to Korea years ago. And he came back and said, they all pray together. Now, we'd, we'd never heard of that before uh, in New Frontiers, in our prayer times. We'd, we'd not done that. And uh, he, he said, no, they just all pray. And so uh, we're all familiar with that now, of course. I think it's good to go for corporate prayer. It's good for every voice to be raised. It's good to uh, – so you're not all waiting uh, before I can take part. Right, right, we can all take part now. But nevertheless, I think it's good for individuals then to kind of uh, express a faith prayer, express themselves that we can all agree with. So I like the mixture myself of all praying together, uh, individuals leading out in prayer, and then there's great worth if we've got the time and the opportunity then during the, the season to subdivide up into little groups because sometimes people can pray more comfortably with, say, two or three, then they can lead out in prayer over a greater number of people. So I think keep on mixing it, 
keep on changing it, keep it alive. I think routine can become dull routine. And certainly people in the past have thought, oh, the prayer meeting is the dull thing you go to. I would feel the exact opposite. I love the prayer meeting. I was so thrilled when uh, Simon Brading was over at Mark Driscoll's church and Mark Driscoll told me this. He said, I said to that young musician in your church, what do you most appreciate in your church life? And he said, the Tuesday morning staff prayer meeting. And uh, Mark Driscoll was quite stirred with that. Uh, There's probably about 40 of us in Brighton in the end. That included the uh, year teamers and the elders and the secretaries and everything. So every Tuesday we'd be before God uh, in a tremendous way. And uh, it doesn't have to be tough. It can be wonderful. Obviously, as charismatics, we're open to spiritual gifts. We're looking for God to speak to us as well. We're looking for hearing his promptings. And uh, I know as uh, uh, I particularly, I think, the International New Frontiers team meeting um, and probably the UK team for seasons too, we would often be having extended prayer together. Prophetic would come, and very often one after another. And then sometimes we'd, we'd stop praying and then to begin to talk together. And we actually called it prophetic conversations, laughingly. I mean, just joking, really. But it seemed like we were still in a prophetic mode while talking together. Now, obviously, that's a smallish group um, who have, again, a lot of love and mutual respect and knowledge of one another. And so I, I found it was a very rich time uh, to be open to the spirits. Paul talks about praying with all the energy that he mightily inspires within me, praying in the spirit. And uh, I think a lot of these things that we, we individualize, and I'm sure there's individual place for it, but a lot of New Testament uh, injunctions that we take to ourselves personally are, are in, in plural, really. They're to you, plural. The English language doesn't help us with those things very often. We don't know when it's to the individual or whether it's to the group. And so when it says, you know, work out your salvation with fear and trembling for God is at work in you, we can individualize that. So that's, that's what I must do, which is fair enough. But probably in context, it's, it's the church. You work out your salvation together with fear and trembling. God's at work among you. And then the next few verses say, so don't grumble. And, and, be, and it's talking about corporate things. So Ephesians 5, be filled with the Spirit, singing to yourselves, plural, singing to one another, psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, making melody with all your heart. There's, there's that engaging with the Spirit, which lifts prayer into another dynamic, praying in the Spirit. And, and sometimes we can find ourselves praying things that are kind of outside of you, uh, greater than you knew you felt, greater than you knew you believed for. You move into another dimension. And that's why I say I don't, I don't mind praying in twos and threes. To me, that's never an apology. Oh, gosh, there's only two or three. I love it because in those small settings, you can often, especially with guys and girls you know well, you can push through into a dimension where you just feel I'm praying bigger than I know, and I don't feel I'm in unreality. I don't think I'm in bravado. 
I feel the Holy Spirit is stirring me. He's helping me believe. And sometimes it's in those moments that faith is born. You don't feel you're striving for it. You don't feel uh, you've had to work hard at it. You just feel you've, you've met with God and he's drawn out of your lips prayers that you never knew you could pray and things you suddenly find you can believe for. And uh, I think it was when I, I was praying for the Brighton Center, we use it as an international conference center. And that's when we had a very small church in Brighton. And uh, dear Nigel Ring <laughs> went down to the Brighton Center and got the literature and put it on my desk. I said, what's all this? He said, oh, you prayed yesterday that we might use that place one day as an international conference center. And there was such a sense of God. And then later on, John Wimber came. That's the mid-80s. And he said, do you think this was it? And I said, no, no, it's us. It was in the prayer meeting that I suddenly knew we will meet there. And it seemed absolutely ridiculous. And out of all proportion, we're a little church, about 100 people in Brighton. And yet in prayer, you find yourself praying bigger things that you never, you ever dreamed. And you know it's not bravado. You just know something. So I want to encourage us to see that in prayer, you can break through into a genuinely supernatural realm. As you're in faith, you're not trying to force the issue. You're not trying to impose something on God. You're just riding with the wave that's coming. And it can come when you're with dear friends, uh, with faith and harmony, unity of purpose, uh, looking for God's glory. And, and, and you'll find that for your town, you know, where God's put you, where, you, where you're planting or your region. You can, you can start finding the dreams that God's putting in you that are they're, they're spirit-inspired and, and, and faith comes in the praying. It's almost like it is prophetic. You, you, find, you find words coming out of your mouth. You thought, wow, I, God, must, God was praying that through me. Now, I, I think those things have to be cultivated. I think that if we don't give ourselves to prayer, we'll never learn that. Uh, I feel similar about worship. If we don't give ourselves uh, to worship, I won't get off on another theme, but uh, if we never give ourselves to worship, we'll never learn the big things God wants us to learn. If we become so pragmatic um, about things, we will not we'll not learn the supernatural things God wants us to. But in prayer, particularly, it's it's powerful. And uh, J. O. Fraser, my great prayer hero, he he said, "I want to be like a businessman who's found a line that I know really sells, and I'm going to give my best energies to it." And so he said, I give my best energies to prayer. That had a profound impact on me when I was in my 20s. And uh, it's like it, it's something you learn it in your heart. So prayer has, has never been something, has never been an add-on. It's, it's, uh, it's sort of kind of fundamental. And I, if we can build churches on prayer, and we know the story, we, if you lead, I, again, I, I found reading so helpful. I found in the early days, Andrew Murray, uh, Ministry of Intercession is a great old classic uh, with Christ in the School of Prayer, both by Andrew Murray. Uh, wonderful books. E.M. Bounds, The Power of Prayer. Um, but then Yonggi Cho, Prayer, the Key to Revival, 
which is a mixture of teaching and testimony of uh, the things that God taught him. I mean, and then, of course, it's not like it's a secret. He's got the biggest church in the world, and his emphasis is prayer. And to me, it's kind of kind of simple, really, that, that people have proved God. And I know for myself, reading George Mueller, reading Hudson Taylor, reading these men who did profound things for God, and uh, they've been men of prayer. And uh, that's been, that stood the test of time. It's been demonstrated. It's not like it's a secret. It's not like, oh, that's an unusual thought. Uh, it's well uh, testified to down through church history, that guys who've prayed. And, of course, we know in the Scriptures the great emphasis. We know that uh, Jesus is our model. Uh, he's, he behold the man, uh, Pilate said, Here's the authentic man. Here, here is here's man as he should be. Here, behold, the man, Jesus. And uh, if you want to be like Jesus, he prayed a lot. I mean, it's just simple. He was a man of prayer. He was praying, uh, frequent references to it. And attractively, uh, in that the disciples said, would you teach us to pray? And I would encourage people to pair up. You may like sometimes to say, you know, that dear lady, she's such a praying woman. You want to try and get with her sometimes. Or, you know, that guy, he's, he, he'll pray with you. Because prayer is, is difficult. Uh, Jesus said we should always pray and not give up. And I guess that's the easiest part of prayer, giving up. And uh, we all know it's difficult. We know uh, there are distractions. Uh, we know sometimes you're carrying big emotional concerns about your family, about finance, all sorts of things, physical pain. You can be very distracted from prayer or just just busyness. So it is tough. And so praying together is such a help. Praying alone can be extremely difficult. But again, we just we have to learn alone, really, and then uh, come together into what God uh, has for us. So let me encourage you uh, that you can... Build with prayer at the key, at the center. I love the stories of people like Nehemiah. Uh, birthed, his whole passion birthed in prayer, kept on praying. You get the long prayer at the beginning where he mourns and prays, and then you get that short prayer. I spoke to the Lord and I spoke to the man. It's all kind of praying, as it says, with all kinds of prayer. Hopefully this hangout provokes you when it comes to your own prayer life. It certainly did me. Just to remind you, you can get the full hangout with the Q&A and the notes at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 5. And for a full archive of church planting resources with hangouts and articles and videos and podcast episodes, plus to sign up to be in the loop about any upcoming hangouts that we have, visit the Broadcast Network dot org